0: Do you see God as owner, master, Lord of everything in your life? Today on Awaken to Grace, we are going to study the title or the name of God, Adonai. We're going to see from the Bible why God is owner of everything, and because of that, we can have great confidence when we face times of spiritual warfare. So I hope you'll take your Bibles with us today. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4, and I hope that you get a great deal out of today's sermon on this edition of Awakened to Grace. People let you down. People don't follow through. People say they're going to do things and they don't. A promise doesn't mean very much if you don't know the person's character, but as you get to know a person's character, then the promise means something, right? Many of you know we're, we're buying an entire new section of chairs, which is very expensive. These chairs are outrageous, auditorium chairs, and we're purchasing an entire new section and there's a family that doesn't go to our church, but they really support our vision and Many of you know the story. They called me up about four or six weeks ago and said, Pastor Chad, we're so excited. We see what God's doing at your church. They don't even attend our church. And they said, God has put in our heart a certain amount of money and we're going to send it to your church. Well, when I go to the finance team and most of the finance team had never met this family. And like most, you know, natural thinking many on the finance team goes well we better not bank on that money because you know people promise things but but what if it doesn't come through what if it doesn't show up i mean that that's that's not being rude right that's being cautious that's being but see i was able to tell the finance team I, I, I get it i get it and 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 i don't fully disagree anything could happen right but, but let me tell you something i know this family i know their character I know that when they make a promise, they're going to do what they said. I know this family extremely well, and I'm not worried an inch. I know this family. And see, when you know the person and you know the character, then you can bank on the promise. Amen? And the Bible reveals the names. It reveals the titles of God so that we would know the character of God. So that when you and I go to God in prayer, we understand we're not praying to a mere mortal. We're not praying to a man who, has, who can let us down the way you and I can let each other down. But we're praying to God Almighty. And his character is true. And if his character is true, then that means his promises are true. Hallelujah. And that's who we're praying to. And the Bible says we would do well to remember our Lord God and his commandments and his statutes and his laws and his covenant and his promises. So my question today as we go forward, as we break down Nehemiah 4, how well do we often remember God's faithfulness? How well do we we remember his laws? How well do we remember these things? If you're like me, I have a hard time remembering what I ate yesterday. Anybody else getting that way? How many of you, some of you are that way. How many of you are like me? You're getting that way. John Maxwell said so wonderful. He said he and his wife are to the age. He said anytime we leave the house, we split the responsibilities. He said, my job is to remember where we're going. Her job is to remember what we're getting. (laughs) And he said, we just divide it, divide and conquer, right? We forget often, don't we? It's human. And the Bible says to us, remember well. Remember well what God has said. Remember well what God has promised. But today in Nehemiah chapter four, I'm gonna take just a few moments and I wanna explain this title, this great name of God, Adonai. Adon, in Hebrew, in these days, in this ancient language of the Old Testament text, Adon means owner. It means Lord. It means master. It means superior. Now, the word Adonai is different than the word Yahweh, which also means Lord. Adon would have been a human term for owner or master or Lord, but Adonai refers to deity. It's not speaking of hum- humanity. It's not speaking of, of people because people will let you down. We're not as God is. God is not a man that he should lie, the scripture says, praise God for that. So Adonai means owner, master, Lord, uh, particularly, I believe it's the NIV translation, that whenever they would translate Yahweh and Adonai together, which means Lord, Master, or Lord, Lord, or Lord, Owner, when they would translate Yahweh and Adonai together, they would translate it as Sovereign Lord. Oh, I like that. Sovereign Lord. He is sovereign over all things. He's sovereign over everyone. He's sovereign over every situation. He's sovereign over even Satan himself. God is absolutely sovereign. So when you and I consider, when we contemplate, when we ponder, when we meditate, when we pray through the name Adonai, we have to understand who we're thinking about, who we're talking to, who we're petitioning, who we're praying to, we're praying to the sovereign Almighty God, we're praying to God who owns everything. God who is master of everything. And as we see in Nehemiah chapter 4, even when you and I face powerful enemies, God is far more powerful than they are. Why? Because he's Adonai. So notice what Nehemiah tells his people. Nehemiah tells his people, do not be afraid. Remember Adonai. Remember the sovereign one, remember the master, remember the Lord, remember the supreme, the sovereign, the superior. Remember the Lord and fight, praise God. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. I believe this is a message in season for our church right now because I believe that where we are, is very similar to where they were in the book of Nehemiah. I believe that where we are right now, this place, this beautiful, this wonderful place that God has led us to, these new pastures that he has opened up by his grace and by his goodness, I believe we're in a similar place that they were in Nehemiah chapter 4. If you look in verse number 1, now notice what's going on. Israel has many enemies, Israel has always had many enemies. Why? Because they're the people of God. Israel has always had multiple enemies, but namely the kingdom of darkness. You and I face the same enemy today. As we've said in most of the sermons of this series, whether it was David fighting a Goliath or whether it was Israel fighting the Amalekites, let me tell you, you and I today face a far more dangerous, a far more lethal enemy than any battle in any portion of the Old Testament. You and I face the kingdom of darkness today. And these promises apply to us. These scriptures apply to us. Israel had an enemy in the name of uh, Sanballat and Tobiah. Now notice what these enemies said about Israel. Nehemiah writes and says that when Sanballat heard that we were going forward with the wall, when he heard that we're building the wall, he became angry and greatly enraged. And he jeered the Jews. Tobiah, in the next verse, when he hears about it, he begins to mock. He says, well, what are they doing? What are they building? He said, even if a fox ran up the walls, the stone walls, the fox would knock it down. Listen to the mockery. Sanballat in verse 1 and 2 says, what do these feeble Jews think they are doing? What are these feeble Jews up to? See, when Nehemiah got the burden of the Lord to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, here's what you and I have to understand. Here's the context. Israel had, uh, Jerusalem had laid desolate for over a 100 years. The walls had been torn down. They had no defense. They, they, They weren't a strong people. And God put the burden in the heart of Nehemiah who was hundreds of miles away and said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to rebuild the walls for my glory. I want you to rebuild my city, rebuild my people for my glory. And when Nehemiah showed up and he began casting the vision, he began to say, here's what we're going to do. You realize Nehemiah spent four months in prayer before he ever did anything. I want you to think about this. You read the, Nehemi- you read the book of Nehemiah in its entirety they built the walls in a stunning, in a remarkable, in an unbelievable 52 days. They built the walls in 52 days, but he spent four months in prayer. Do You see how we have it reversed in today's church? We spend four months working in 52 minutes trying to pray. Do you see how we have it reversed? Nehemiah spent four months in prayer and only worked for 52 days. So many people have it backward. They think that they are to do the work of the Lord. But let me tell you, friends, your prayer life is the work of the Lord. Do not think that you're going to do some greater work above and beyond prayer. Prayer is the greater work. How many of us can say amen? Prayer is the greater work. It's not about doing the greater work. Prayer is the greater work and prayer is the labor that we are to be doing. Nehemiah spent four months praying and only 52 days engaged in the work. Now, the enemy is angry. He's mad. He says, what are these, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to sacrifice? Are they going to build this wall by themselves? Are they going to sacrifice? Are they going to do it in a day? Listen to the mockery. Are they going to take the ruined stones? The Bible even says the burnt ones at that. This wall was decimated. Think how large the city of Jerusalem is. Think how large of a wall. The people would have had to have built over such a vast area. What do these feeble Jews think they're up to? But it doesn't take long before their mockery turns to anger. If you read on, I believe it's verse number eight. As most of you know, I'm unable to see with my eyesight. So forgive me as I go from memory. I believe it's verse number eight. Notice what Nehemiah, well, well, even before that, notice what Nehemiah does once they find out about Sanballat and Tobiah, uh, once they find out about the Amorites and, and Syria and all these enemies that they have, and they find out what they're saying. Notice what Nehemiah does. I believe it's verse three. Notice what he does. He prays. He says, oh God, see that we are despised see that they're mocking us they're shaming us and then he says something remarkable turn it turn it against them amen oh boy i'm praying that for our church right now that all of the opposition satan's tried to cause all of the battle that he's tried to cause all the harm that he's tried to cause god turn it against him in jesus name turn it against him what a great old testament prayer amen Now don't pray that against your boss or your wife, don't do that now, but but you understand what I'm saying. Against the enemy, turn it against them in Jesus' name. Turn it against them in Jesus' name. And then notice what he says, so we built the wall. I love that. You know, if Nehemiah had been worried about what his critics were saying, if he'd been fearful, about what his enemies were up to, they would have stopped building the wall. How many of you know you cannot pay attention to people? You cannot pay attention to the enemy. You have to do exactly what God has told you to do. You understand what I'm saying? There's a phrase in the church that I really dislike. It's a cute phrase. Unfortunately, some people think it's a Bible verse and it's not a Bible verse. Have you ever heard the phrase, new levels, new devils? You ever heard that phrase? I hate that phrase. I don't like that phrase. New levels, new devils, most people think that's a verse out of the Old Testament, right? And it's not, not even in the Bible. It's not a biblical phrase. You know why I don't like that phrase? is because if we're not careful, it almost puts some fear in our hearts. What if God grows me to the next level? Oh, I'm gonna to have to face all new devils. No, it's, listen, We know based on Ephesians 6 that there are various ranks of the kingdom of darkness. We know that. Principalities and rulers and authorities and spiritual wickedness and high places and cosmic forces. I mean, the Bible, when Paul writes Ephesians chapter 6, that portion of the armor of God, in the original Greek, it literally refers to a military rank. We know that. We understand that. But listen, we're not to fear our enemy. Do you understand that? We're not to fear the enemy in any way, shape, or form. Not when we're doing what God has called us to do. We are to go forward in faith. And this is what the Bible says very specifically in the book of Nehemiah. When Sanballat and when Tobiah learned that we were going forward with the building of the wall, then they became angry. The mocking turned to anger. Anger. The jeering turned to plotting. And now Israel finds himself in a different situation. But notice verse 8. So when we, so we built the wall. And listen to what it said. And, and, and I just, again, I feel like this is such a word to our church right now. Listen to what it said. And the people had a mind to work. Praise God. The people had a mind to work. I just want to thank this body. I want to thank this house for being a people who have a mind to work. As we get ready for our big outreach season, and here we're going to have this great hop-to-it event that my main focus is the prayer tents. As we get ready for Easter and the flood of people who's going to come through our doors, as we get ready for Rise Together at the Farmer's Market and However many people that God brings out to this, as we, you know, you you don't host this many sets of crowds of people without having a mind to work. But see, here's what I see different in our church. We've always done those things. Always. I mean, this is our sixth year consecutive doing hop to it. Yesterday, many of us gathered, and do you know how many eggs you guys stuffed? Twenty-one thousand. One person who had never done it before, they said, Chad, have you ever done this? I said, yeah, it's on my resume, egg stuffing. We've stuffed 20,000 eggs for six consecutive years. <laughs> it's a life skill at this point. I can stuff an egg. You ought to see me stuff an egg. But see, that's not, that's not the real work. Let let, let me, (laughs) glory to God, let let me just just thank you. I just want to thank you as a pastor. I want to thank you. The real work is the 40-day fasting that we just came through. The real work is the growth in prayer meeting that we're seeing. The real work is that we'll say out of all of the busyness We'll create a weekly prayer gathering. Out of all of the busyness, we'll add a 9 a.m. service. Out of all of the busyness, we're going to grow the people serving in teams exponentially. Out of all of our busy lives, we're going to put our hand to the plow, and we're going to watch God change life after life after life. That's the work, amen? And you have a mind to work. Let me tell you very briefly just a couple of things that happened this week. I sat down with a family uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, we were stuffing eggs together. That's why we were sitting down. And uh, this brother, oh, I love this brother. I love him. I love him with all my... I love his wife. His family is so precious to me and they came to our church. Uh, from what I understand, they were unchurched, weren't going anywhere else. And now their parents are coming to our church who are in their 80s. And I was asking him yesterday, have you guys ever, have you ever went to church as a family? And he said, no, my entire life, this is the first time we've went to church as a family. Praise God. Amen. I think that's massive. I think it's huge. I had a man come see me early in the week. And he said, he, he walked into this church some time ago and he said, he said, the first time I walked in, he said, I, I was out there in that, where the lobby is, and he said, I felt a hand on my back, and I turned around, and nobody was there. He said, I knew it was God. I knew it. And that man, to God's glory, walked down here Sunday morning, and Pastor Bob led him in a prayer to give his life to Jesus Christ, amen? And he's going to be baptized next Sunday. Praise God. It's life after life after life after life after life that we're seeing people change to God's glory. That's the work. And those things only come by prayer and fasting. It's the only way it comes. And as we go in this labor of prayer and as we're working for God's glory, we're seeing what God is doing and it's remarkable. So the people had a mind to work. But listen, listen, this is is the word for our church. Things got serious. You read on down in the chapter. Things got serious when the enemies of Israel saw that the wall was going forward. And there's a phrase in here I want you to note. And when the breaches were being repaired, when the gaps were We're being filled in. That's when the enemy began to go, "Uh uh-oh, they're a lot more serious than what we realize. Do you understand? I think today that the kingdom of darkness is looking at the church as a whole. I think the kingdom of darkness is looking at our church today, and I think that it, they are jeering us, they are mocking us, they are saying, "What do these feeble believers think they're going to be able to do? What do these feeble Christians think? They're fasting, they're doing these things. Listen, what do they think is really going to happen? But guess what? The enemy is beginning to see the breaches are being repaired, the are being built. He has no idea how serious we really are about prayer and fasting. Amen? Would you agree with that? And as the enemy sees how serious we are, I believe he's growing more angry toward us. But that's all right. And I think the Bible has a word specifically in season right now for this house, for this body. Verse 14, do not be afraid, but remember Adonai. Remember who you serve. Remember who you're the servants to. Remember who, you're the, remember who your master is. Remember who the sovereign one is. Remember who the Lord is. He's Adonai. Do not be afraid because he's Adonai. Fight. Fight for your homes. Fight for your wives. Fight for your children. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your son and daughters. Fight for them, the Lord says. And I believe this is where we are right now. How many people are we standing in the gap for right now, this very moment? How many people on Tuesday nights, we're crying out to God? We're crying out for their salvation. We're crying out for life change. We're crying out for deliverance. How many people are we bringing before the throne of God right now saying, God, move in their life? And I'm telling you, the enemy's taking notice. Why? Because the walls are being repaired. The breaches are being repaired. The gaps are coming together. And it's happening because the people have a mind to work. So, what's the word of the Lord for us? Well, don't be afraid. Fight. Fight this warfare. Ephesians 6 put on the whole armor of God, don't step backward, go forward. Don't step back, take your stand, dig in your heels, put on the shoes of the gospel of peace that has those spikes in them and take your ground and do not back up. That's what the Lord's saying to us. Why? Because we have an enemy, but don't fear that enemy. Look to Adonai. Remember Adonai, remember the Lord, our God, remember how strong he is, remember how sovereign he is, remember how good he is, remember how faithful he is, remember Adonai. Then, notice what he says. As they got more serious about the work, he says, from that day forward, there was a line drawn in the sand. I love that. Nehemiah, read it for yourself. He says, from that day forward, a line was drawn into the sand. They began to work differently. You know how they worked? The Bible says, while one man labored with one hand, he kept his weapon in the other hand. The men who bore the burden and was carrying stone and lifting stone, they kept their swords strapped about them while they worked. They were ready for war. They were ready for battle. Are you and I ready in that sense? Are you and I ready for what the enemy tries to do? Are we ready? I chuckled a couple of times this week. I knew, I knew in my heart that as God delivered a blow to the enemy last week, as he did, the Lord told me last week, the Lord said, there's going to be a shout of victory in, 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 in this church that last week. And, and what, was there a shout of victory here? Amen. Mightily, mightily, mightily. And I knew Satan was going to, tried to oppose, and I knew he would hinder, and there were one or two situations that happened last week where, you know, someone got offended or sideways or upset or hurt or whatever, and you know, but you know what? We fixed it just like that. We prayed, we fixed it just, we dressed it right there. It was healthy, it was good, and do you know why we did it? Because in the spiritual sense, while we're laboring, while we're building while we're praying while we're fasting while we're doing God's work guess what our sword is right here our eyes are wide open and here's what Nehemiah said I want you to watch this and this is where I'm going to close Nehemiah said from the dawning of the day until the appearing of the stars at night the people worked and listen to what he said. This is so beautiful. Nehemiah said, "We know our enemies plotting against us. Their mocking, their jeering has turned into actual battle plans. They're going to attack us." And Nehemiah said, "We're spread so far across the walls. I mean, you think about how large the city of Jerusalem is. We're spread so far out across the walls." He put clan with clan. In other words family groups with their family groups and each family group each clan as the Old Testament called it (coughs) each family group is working on their section of wall Nehemiah put a trumpeter with him go back and study trumpets throughout the Bible (laughs) hallelujah go back and study the use of trumpets to the people of Israel throughout the Bible And what does the Bible say? The Bible says one day when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain, we shall be called up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah kept a trumpeter by him and Nehemiah said, when you hear the blast of the trumpet, (coughs) each man... Leave your post on the wall and you rally at the point of the trumpet and we're going to go to war, but it's not us going to war. Read the Bible. Read what he says. He says, our God will fight for us. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God is fighting for us? Do you believe that God is faithful as God says he is? Has Satan got you isolated to where you feel like you're doing battle alone? You feel like you're fighting your battles alone. You feel like you're by yourself. You feel like you're weary. You feel like you're worn out. You feel like you can hardly take another step. No, 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 no. Listen. Let's listen for the trumpeting of God's word. Let's rally together. Let's pray together. Because as we come together, it's not our strength. It's the strength of Adonai. God will fight for us, amen. And as you share your burdens and you share your burdens, listen, oh my goodness, there was a brother contact us last week, couldn't come to the prayer meeting. He is a minister at another church. And he began to, he wrote into us and he began to share and he said, oh, you know, Pastor Chad, I'm so discouraged and I'm facing discouragement and I'm facing anxiety and I've never had these things come on me as they've come on me now. Send a prayer cloth to me. Have your people pray. Pray for me, and I'm going to take that prayer cloth, and I'm going to believe God. Hallelujah. Amen. And we did that. We did that uh, Tuesday night. Uh, multiple people come up here and prayed over that thing. Is there power in a prayer cloth? No. Listen, it's not magic. We're not. It's, it's like anointing someone with oil. Uh, there's no, we're, we're, this isn't magic. Do you know what it is? It's a, it's a, play, it's a thing of faith. It's a, it's a testament of faith to say, God, we believe your word. We believe your word, and God, we're praying for this person. Is there, is there anything that, you know, uh, other pastors and TV pa- preachers, you know, they've abused those things. They've sold those things. They've made it, oh, gosh, they've made it such a, they've pirated. They've pirated such things of the Lord like that. And it's not, it's not magic and it's not some whatever. No, you, don't, you, don't, you know what it is? It's somebody like our brother in a, in a desperate place that Satan's bombarding. And it's a way for us to lock shields with him. It's a way for us to say, brother, you're not alone. Brother, you're not facing this by yourself. And this morning... If you're either here or you're watching online, I, I want to say to you, if you're someone that you feel alone and you feel as though, as though you're, you're battle weary and you don't know how you're going to stand, you don't know how you're going to continue, I want to tell you, listen to the trumpet of God's word. Rally together with us. Come together as the people of God. And I'm telling you, I'm promising you, God will fight for us and God will help us and he'll encourage us. He's not gonna let the enemy overtake us. But the Bible says when he comes in, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise a standard against him. What do we learn that means? A banner, Yahweh, Nisi, the Lord our banner is victory. And God has victory for you. And God has victory for your place in life. God has victory for this season of your life. God has victory for this hardship that you're facing. Sadie read me a quote today by William Barclay a Scottish pastor from centuries ago wonderful quote I can't remember it word for word but boy it ministered to me and the gist of it was God doesn't get his glory by just taking hard things and just voila changing them to good no God gets his glory when you take the hard seasons of your life And you produce it to the glory of God. That's how He gets His glory. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakenedtograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awakened to Grace.